Hello, welcome back to the Game People podcast. Each week we talk about a particular video game with different writers from the website. Come and join the gang of reviewing artisans. See if the memory This week we're looking at Limbo on the Xbox 360, XBLA, and I've got with me John Morgan and Ian Simons. Hardcore casual, personal, there's someone just like you, people. So before we get started talking about Limbo, I'll get them to introduce themselves. John. Hi, um, my name's John Morgan. I write for, among other things, for Game People, um, for the Tired Gamer column, under my blogging name, Really Quite Tired. And I'm, uh, I'm Ian Simons. I direct the Game City Festival and uh, co-founder of the National Video Game Archive and write um, for a variety of, of different magazines about games and video game culture. And uh, currently working on a book with James Newman for the BFI. Great. So um, Limbo is a game that uh, a lot of people would have played, um, but what, were, what, were, what was our experience of this? I think for me, I mean, one of, one of the main things that people tend to be drawn in by with with limbo is it's kind of striking aesthetic style it has this very um very bold kind of black and white silhouetted kind of aesthetic going on and although i really appreciate that actually for me one of the most striking things was the way it handled its narrative so many games uh, now seem to be sort of endlessly um fascinated with filling you in to a backstory, mm. um, endless kind of cutscenes that explain to you what's about to happen, and Limbo just cut through all of that, and just um, you you literally you're playing as as a young boy, and he just wakes up, and then you can control him, and that's about that's about all that the game wants to tell you about the world that you're in, or um, who he is, or what the what the purpose of it is. So it really imbued it with the sense that you had to kind of. You had to work out what this world was by investigating it. And do you think um, that worked? I mean, it was did it, was that a hurdle you had to overcome, both in terms of controls and story? Well, the controls are very simple, so that wasn't the problem. There's nothing mm-hmm. complex really about the controls of the game, um, and the story is a little bit more complicated because it wants to do quite interesting things with story. I think in the end, but one of the things it really did communicate, at least to me, was a sense of the childlike. Um, because essentially that's how children learn. You you learn by exploring as a child, and it, it really has that feel about it. It's very much a kind of trial and error thing when you start out. You don't really know what you're, you're expecting, so you walk into the most hideous traps, and this young boy yeah. just gets maimed from all angles, but eventually you work out what you're not supposed to do in order to prevent that from happening. And Was that similar mm-hmm. for you, Ian? Um, I remember, I mean, to follow up on what, on, on what John was saying, I remember being really impressed um, well, a combination of kind of so impressed by you know Playdead's audacity in just in just starting this game at the point where the where the where the where the boy wakes up, um, and this kind of tension, but the press release around it having to construct some kind of explanation or some kind of story to explain, you know, that the, the child was searching for his for his sister or, or this you know or this other character because I don't remember that ever being actually mentioned in the game, mm-hmm. um, and I remember feeling really kind of feeling for them that. Um, you know that Microsoft had to put out this rationale, which presumably I don't know this, but presumably is 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 at the behest of the um, PR around the game rather than developer, because I don't think I've ever seen that mentioned by you know by Playdead at any point. So this kind of 
really radical approach, I think John's talking about, of just putting you there at the beginning of this, you know, this this nightmare and, and waking up. And, and actually, you know, really, um, really feeding off the fact that you have no context, that you've got no, you know, no explanation at all for, you know, for being there. Uh, and throughout the entire game, really, um, that's disorientating and terrifying and all those things. And, and feeling that, you know, even, even kind of from the offset that we'd be un... I mean, I don't, you know, my sense is that the publisher probably felt that we would be unable to process this at all mm. without some sort of paragraph at the beginning of the press release explaining why this was happening. Mm. And that felt like a, a kind of index of um, publishers' ability um, to serve up content like Limbo. And, you know, a, a, and in that, I think it was, it really exposed a lot of the problems at the heart of the way in which games are, uh, are just talked about and distributed. You know, as if it was almost, we'd be unable to um, publicize it or write about it without some sense of why this boy is in a forest and what he's trying to do. I found that really, really interesting and really radical and really, um, uh, I'd love to have been in the PR meetings, you know. Yeah, and the, the, sort of the irony of that is that the people who, would be hearing that press release would be the more hardcore gamers who would were in that sort of cycle of reading up about games before they play them. Perhaps the the more casual or broader gamer probably would come to, to Limbo without that sort of hand holding. Um, sort of, and I wonder whether you know I wonder whether that's a mistake, um, whether they should have done more or you know should have done less in terms of explaining it. I, I like the idea of a game you're saying Ian that just stands on its own right, and you wouldn't imagine a, a film or a book having to be quite so heavily sort of handheld. In, yeah, ab absolutely. I think it was a mistake. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't know how the developer felt about it. I, I would be surprised if they weren't, you know, kind of disappointed and saw that as quite a big point of dilution. Um, mm. Just by looking at how committed, you know, the thing is to, to to itself, to its own kind of vision throughout everything else that happens in it, that felt like quite a big point of dilution for me before we even pick up the controller. But no, I, I think they should have, um, they should have. Started. I mean, you can completely see why they. Well, they would have felt that they wouldn't, um, and it's great that something like Limbo would appear on XBLA at all. But yeah, it's a disappointing subtraction, I think, from what it from what it could have been at that initial step. Because just to wake up in that world with no context, I think it's one of the things that's really important about it. That's a kind of classic problem in a way, though, isn't it? I mean, you, the more you go to the cinema, for example, the more you see film trailers, and film you know film trailers are notoriously terrible at conveying the real message of films. Um, mm, yeah. yeah, and there have been several films down through the years that have really never managed to escape the kind of spectre of the way in which their trailers were put together. But then, interestingly, if you look at the Limbo trailer as a really kind of interesting kind of case in point, um, which gives, which again is still kind of really committed to giving no sense that you're looking for looking for a, a little girl, but you know this kind of gradually building um, set of atrocities um, that you never quite see because it cuts just before away, but you know, away before the point of death with this, you know, the kind of percussive soundtrack behind it. I thought, it was, I mean, even, even as a trailer, it was it was still really radical and kind of committed to what it was, what it was wanting to be. I think, but no, not that. I mean, I totally agree with your point about film trailers, but it was kind of it was interesting that there was as committed, I think, just trying to do something interesting with the trailer too. Yeah, I guess it just depends at, at what level the PR people get their hands on things. And... Just after they made the trailer, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I wonder, yeah, is, right, yeah. is there just, because I've seen that trailer you're referencing it, but I was wondering if there are any others that they use, because that one it does a really good job, but in terms of the, sort of the violence and the action and the spectacle of it, but it doesn't capture um, I don't think, the sort of the brooding nature of, of of this exploration into the into the environment, and I think it's not until you play the game you're like, oh, actually, this is a quite this is quite different. It's not only sort of fierce in terms of how how hard 
hitting it's going to be and taking on this the, the, the maiming and destruction of this child but actually there's there's a much more sort of lingering and disturbing story going on I think for me that that trailer um, didn't quite hit the right notes yeah one of the things I noticed which I thought was quite interesting was that after the game had come out a lot of bloggers that were talking about it chose to embed videos of gameplay rather than of that trailer which might usually happen um, and I wondered whether it was because of that actually because although I liked the trailer as you say Andy I think it didn't really convey the slowness and the the kind of atmospheric elements of the game although you could say well you know how would you convey that in a trailer and in a sense why would you want to convey that in a trailer um, I guess probably the game makers were a, a little bit concerned about putting that right up front and saying you know what we're giving you here is something that's very slow <laughs> that's very slow and very meandering and i think that leads us nicely into thinking about how maybe a wider audience would respond to limbo obviously it, it, it gets delivered quite effectively to hardcore gamers and those of us in the sort of ecosystem of xbla or the people who maybe saw you playing it from your sort of family and friends um who got drawn in or um or, or how do you think that it would work for a, a less game literate audience? So within our house, my wife didn't want to play it. You'd be, I mean, she's, so she's not a, a kind of a, a gamer, I guess. She's not, you know, she's kind of interested in what they are, but was 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 just really kind of pushed away by the by the horror of it, really, because mm. it's kind of you know, it's not it's not a nice place to be. So she didn't really enjoy that, but com- completely saw how it looked so even even as a the, the most casual of casual gamers just the, a fleeting glance at the screen and even she could see that this was um kind of audaciously different to everything mm. else that she sees coming out of the you know coming out of the xbox mm. and was re- you know and re- was really kind of impressed and, and refreshed by that even though she didn't really want to you know want to want to smash a child up repeatedly because um, I, I, I mean that is a you know genuinely quite uh, upsetting um upsetting thing to do I, my Senses, and again, this is sort of an index of, I think, kind of the, the, the poverty of the visual language of most video games. So I, th- I think most casual gamers, even the people who are even fleetingly familiar with what games are, would think, you know, this looks this looks different. This mm. looks very, very different to everything else I've seen. And, and I'd hope would be, you know, would be attracted to it. Um, and John, what about you? Yeah, well, similarly, um, my wife saw me playing it and, w- and was drawn in it, and she's not a gamer at all. Um, but in fact, she did want to have a go um, with this, and she played with it for quite a while, actually, much longer than I was expecting. Um, but it was interesting watching her. I mean, she she got really frustrated. I think that was her overriding emotion because she really enjoyed the experience, and basically, she wanted to she wanted to get further along than her gaming sort of ability allowed her to do, and she she basically got stuck at the same puzzle for a long time, and in the end, kind of got emotionally overwhelmed by the fact that every time she got the jump that she was trying to do slightly wrong, a small boy got completely pulverized. Yeah. Um, but she did play with it for quite a while. Uh, in the end, she just couldn't really take it anymore. I mean, and it, but it was interesting to see how emotionally involved she did get in it, um, especially as someone who, you know, very rarely plays games or is even interested in them. There seems to be something about the even just seeing it, that it's obviously something very different, isn't it? And I think one of my experiences, no one else in my family, obviously the kids are too young, and I think my other half saw me playing it, but um, there wasn't enough there to make her think, oh, I want to play it. 
herself. Um, and, and again, it's kind of there's a tension there, isn't it? Because it's very different in terms of how it presents, but in some ways it's very similar because it, it has this theme of violence, which people are used to just being like, oh yeah, it's a violent video game, and they can sort of put it in a box. So um, there's kind of a tension there. Um, but my experience, where I came away from Limbo was was how I often come away from reading a good book, which is like, oh, there's loads of people I'd love to be able to buy this for and give it, give them it to to sort of read or play for themselves. But of mm. course, it being a video game, it's locked away inside XBLA, which is itself locked away inside a 360. And so there are loads of my friends who are never going to buy a 360 just because of the ins and outs of the money and actually setting it up and all that. And then if they did mm. have one, would they get on XBLA? Um, mm. So that was my feeling was it's just so locked away. It's such a shame because it's such an amazing experience. Well, it kind of is, and this sort of. So I was talking about this with somebody because so there's like Limbo and you know and Flower mm. and a few other games that we kind of point point to our, our colleagues as you know our kind of non-gamer friends as going no no look no games games yeah. are like this they're fantastically interesting and creative yeah. and progressive places um, and actually if someone had rushed out and bought an Xbox because I showed them Limbo and they bought Limbo and they thought it was brilliant they're gonna have, they're in for a crushing disappointment. You know yeah. when they when they look to follow that up with the um, you know with the next uh, with the next ten kind of really interesting and progressive art games that they might buy because it's because it's not it, it, it's not there yet you know yeah. and and I don't think there is um, a, a huge amount of of content to kind of follow up with that's in the same you know in the same sort of place and has the same sort of um, ambition maybe or, mm. or just sort of commitment to, um, to, to to you know to 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 creating a kind of unique experience as, as Limbo does which isn't to say that you know there's a whole there isn't a whole but, bunch of brilliant stuff on XBLA, but um, Limbo is atypical of, um, of mm. most of the stuff that you're going to find on there. That is a problem. Um, that, is a, that is a kind of challenge when we talk about, you know, whatever we want to call it, art game or, or, you know, a bit of a particularly different kind of, uh, different kind of game. Mm. I'm quite hopeful, though, in a sense, that the, the kind of download market, be it something like XBLA or something like um, the App Store, creates more possibility for these kind of art games. I mean, I, I really can't see Limbo having done so well if it had been a kind of disc title on, a, on an HMV shelf. I, just, I can't see people having invested in it in the same kind of way. So I, I, I almost think these are, the, these are the kind of pioneers. And although for those of us who are kind of regular gamers and frustrated that there's not more of this kind of content, um, we just have to kind of hang in there, I think, because hopefully these things are paving the way for more content like that. I mean, I, I can certainly see the success stories of things like Limbo will hopefully um, create a more regular stream of kind of indie art games. Yeah, for sure. Are there other games, you've mentioned Flower, Ian, are there other games, say someone who's played Limbo and is perhaps listening to this, where, where should they go next? Where would they, where'd you go after Limbo? That's <laughs> a really good question. Um, <laughs> what would you play after Limbo? Maybe I mean, Jess at Willy? Yeah, exactly. That, that's my instinct is to say, well, actually there's nothing since Limbo that particularly stands out in this respect. And I'm thinking back into, into older experiences and you get into more. Yeah. And then you, like Shadow of the Colossus, but then it's, more, it's a, a more complex and you have to invest a lot more. It's not so immediate. I'm thinking about that or you go and play something like you know, Zork. I don't know why, but that's just popped. So Jet, I think after Limbo, you would play Jet Set, Willie, and Zork. Yeah. That's the only, so they're two that, that, for some reason, have just popped into my mind. But and that, that seems that, to pick up on your sort of, that those are games, again, which have a very singular vision and deliver this very specific experience. 
is is that the sort of the criteria do you think I don't know there's just two games at Limbo that I'm just trying to think what I would yeah. immediately play they just popped into my so for some reason Limbo rem- I mean for obvious reasons uh, Limbo kind of reminds me of Jet Set Willy uh, yeah, or you, you, know, you can trace that back in some respects but for really simplistic reasons um, and um, yeah and, and just for I think kind of un- unremitting kind of um, slowness mm. um, mm-hmm. it makes me think of text adventures yeah maybe I just need more coffee <laughs> but yeah, you know, there's not many. Like, you know, it doesn't have meant that many peers. I think, I mean, Flower we've mentioned, but that is that is certainly one that's in the same sort of bracket. And a game for me is um, Passage by um, Jason Raw. Uh, yeah, yeah. His surname. But that's it's a very sort of micro experience. But again, a, a similarly sort of odd and sort of moving in a similar way to to Limbo. So I think um, one of the games that I'm or have been quite excited about mm-hmm. recently, which is not that similar to Limbo but I think would probably interest people who are interested by Limbo um, was uh, stacking mm-hmm. um, the latest um, yeah. XBLA from Double Fine um, I thought again just a sense of having something really different that was imaginative and played with art design but also had kind of interesting narrative features and uh, and I know Andy you really liked Costume Quest there yeah, mm. yeah, I really liked it, and it, which is from the same same team and from this same what they call it Amnesia Fortnite, I think, where they, yeah. they didn't have a particularly massive project to do, so they just let their development teams go off and do imaginative and creative things, and these games emerged. Which yeah, it was interesting, wasn't it? Because they they did Psychonauts and they did Brutal Legend, mm. um, neither of which had any kind of commercial success, really. I mean, I think. Um, Hardcore fans really love them, mm. but basically no one bought them. I think that's from what I can um, from what I can work out. That was how it went. So they, yeah, they just went off and kind of um, to lick their wounds and try and think out, outside the box. I think, and and from that costume quest and stacking and um, a couple of other titles that are coming out. Um, it is a Connect um, Sesame Street game. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it sounds like it's like it's marketing sort of. Um, deal, but actually, it does sound quite interesting as well. The other game that I'm looking forward to, I, I think it's out on iPad now, but not yet out on other iOS devices. But the um, the new Super Brothers game, yeah. Sword and Sorcery, is something I've been looking forward to for a long time. I think probably people who liked Limbo would probably go for that as well. But mm. I haven't actually played it yet. So, what's it like? I've not I've not heard much about that. It's great. Uh, yeah, sorry. Have you played it in? You yeah, played, only for about yeah. an hour. We did. We did. We did a event on Friday night on Corey Schmidt's. Um, it's beautiful. It's beautiful, and it's very witty. Um, but I've, I've not played it very much. But it's on the iOS. To be honest, is starting to become the place where I find most of the interesting stuff that I play. Yeah. I think um, it's it's getting to be a really exciting place, um, particularly the iPad. Mm-hmm. Um, so the iPad more than iPhone, you think? Yeah, actually, we did. So, just following for the thing on set, we we did a thing with. Um, so, Jakub um, Dvorsky was over, and we were chatting to him about different platform platforms he likes. He was going to say he, it's, it's for him the just the physical size of the screen is really important. So, he would never consider making anything um, for you know for a handheld device for DS or, or I think it's just too small. Um, and you you actually just need the physical um, sort of canvas of at least an iPad. Mm. Um, 
to you know to be able to play on. And I, and I think that's true because I think the whole the whole problem with the iPad of you know with a lot of it's certainly the touch base rather than gyroscope um, based stuff. Just fundamentally, your fingers obscuring what you're doing is is always a problem. But the the, the iPad is becoming a really interesting um, site for, um, for 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 kind of uh, for for games for interesting games, interesting things. It sounds good. Mm. It's going to cost me money. So hearing that. I've been holding off buying an iPad, <laughs> even with it's the really iPad It's really worth too. getting one. I think that there's some fantastic stuff coming out on it. Yeah. It really is. So in terms of um, maybe we've talked how Limbo sort of makes us think of films and books, um, but how, how does it relate in terms of creating meaning to broader cultural experiences that perhaps more traditionally we think, oh yeah, this is I've come away with, with a, meaningful, a meaningful sort of time? For me, one of the key things that I um, brought away from my engagement with Limbo was a renewed sense of um, the power of imagination and childlike exploration to help us to cope with the darker side of reality yeah. essentially um, and that's a theme that's explored in some films and books that the, the experience of playing through Limbo really invoked for me so for example two two things that were quite um, often in my mind when I was playing it were um, the films uh, Pan's Labyrinth and uh, Roberto Benigni's uh, La Vita Bella. Mm -hmm. And both of those films are really about a juxtaposition between hideous effects of war on the one hand and the abuse of humans by humans. And on the other hand, the kind of the power of imagination and in particular childlike imagination to kind of create a space for um, coping essentially with uh, things which if you rationalize them or if you try and think in a more sort of stereotypically adult way mm. really uh, tend to overcome you but you're sort of saying but by being playful um, and sort of more sort of light light-handed with with those experiences you, you can find a way through them uh, yeah it's exactly that I mean I think it's about the power of imagination to change to change the nature of things through the way that you interpret them. I mean, I think for me, that's, um, that's really key. I mean, um, those who read my blog or who read the Tired Gamer column will know that um, one of the places I'm coming from is I'm, I'm writing out of my experience um, as a sufferer of depression. One of the really debilitating things I find suffering from depression is uh, that often just not having that the energy to think creatively about things, to be imaginative. And the way in which that really strips um, or can strip the human experience down to something which is really difficult to deal with. And on the flip side, coping with depression in various ways means finding resources that enable that kind of re-engagement and that was for me that was one of the things that limbo was it was a kind of glimmer of hope in a sense that um although the story is pretty depressing and the kind of the experience of playing it is pretty depressing there's a the, there is a kind of glimmer of light that goes through the whole thing which of course is reflected in the visual style which for me came out of the idea of the power of imagination the power of um creative thinking essentially mm. Mm. i think i think i found it Kind of distressing as just yeah. even depressing. Um, you know, for me, the most the most powerful um, both I think kind of reference to the to the outside world and the most powerful moments in it are the are the glimpses 
that you get of the other children yeah. and it's the so it taps into kind of lord of the flies and it taps into the you know i think the mm. kind of fact that these these awful things are happening to this little boy that are being perpetrated on him by other little boys and girls um so that throws up like a whole load of recollections of you know of, of sort of fears of a parent and things that, you know obviously tragedies have happened in the last kind of few decades and it's mm. and it's the fact that it it nods towards those just really briefly um, just enough for you to infer um, the, you know, that these these atrocities are being done by children to children, mm. um, and doesn't and really do very much with it. And it's the um, the kind of abstract way it just kind of just hints at that and lets you do the rest of the work yourself. That I think the you know the kind of most powerful thing about the whole the whole mm. project really. And um, I think that's a, a kind of amazingly powerful moment within it. And I'm not I, I, so for me the there's a I don't know if I do find a glimmer of light in the game at all, really, until the end. And that's not a criticism, necessarily. But I do find it a relentlessly bleak um, thing to play, which isn't to say that's not really valuable at all. Mm. Um, but I, I, I don't think I recognise that many glimmers of light in it. Mm. Yeah, for me, it, that sort of restraint in not giving answers, really, to, to why you had to go through this experience reminded me of The Road. Um, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Breeze out. So I like the way that um, Limbo didn't didn't say, "Oh, this is why all you have to go through this." It's just here's the, here's the world. It's like this, and you've got to try and survive in a similar yeah. way that that it's book did, awful. didn't. Um... And children are going to try and kill you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> what this is. Just what happens now. Yeah, but here's um, an achievement. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Um, but I mean, I know a lot of people find the road very sort of. So similar things to Limbo, sort of depressing and distressing. Um, I sort of came away from the road and from Limbo quite sort of um, upbeat. Um, and I think it's because of the absence of all the life that we're used to, and all the, all the things we do have in the world, seeing what, it, what it's like without that, made me come mm. away sort of thinking, oh my gosh, this is great. And the, the, um, the end suddenly sort of flashing back and talking about this stream and the trout that used to swim up it and all this life that used to happen. Um, and the way that, that Limbo sort of reunites you or whatever happens at the end, um, it sort of left me um, having had a very sort of disturbing experience, but one I was happy to have because it reminded me of, of what, what I still had. Um, so far in the world, <laughs> and it's it's more like it's more books and movies that we can compare it to than other games. I think. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Mm. Well, I mean, it's been fascinating to talk about Limbo like this, um, but we're we're out of time. So um, for this week, we'll need to say goodbye. But we shall be back in a week's time. If you want to keep up with events from Game People, you can visit the website at www.gamepeople.co.uk. You can friend us on Facebook uh, at facebook.com forward slash gamepeople and follow us on Twitter at game underscore people. So we'll be back again in a week's time. Bye-bye. Bye. was recorded for gamepeople.co.uk. The editor and producer was Andy Robertson.